today we're going to continue talking about Holy Spirit. Uh, the power to change. Isaac Newton, this was the first law of motion, if you remember that. Didn't know you were going to hear that today, did you? Everything continues in a state of rest unless it is compelled to change by forces impressed upon it. Everything is uh, continues in a state of rest until it is compelled to change by forces impressed upon it. In other words, people don't like change. <laughs> That's where I'm going with that. We, we, just, we just don't like change. It, the problem for us is that change is inevitable. Change is going to happen. If we like it or not, it's coming. Uh, we all realize that one way or the other, we're going to change, or there's going to be change. I heard a couple of things that really struck with me I want to uh, tell you. So the Duke of Cambridge in the late 1800s, this is what he said, any change at any time for any reason is to be deplored. <laughs> the Duke of Cambridge. Uh, here's another one, um, and I'll read you a quote in a minute. But in the, um, when railroads were beginning to take over in the United States, they were, they were really first introduced and kind of began to take up some steam, folks really had a, a fear about the railroads. They, they thought they would be the downfall of the nation. So I have for you an excerpt of a letter written to uh, President Jackson. This was dated January 31st, 1829, so quite a few years ago. And this is what the letter said. As you may know, Mr. President, railroad carriages are pulled at the enormous speed of 15 miles per hour by engines which, in addition to endangering life and limb of passengers, roar and snort their way through the countryside, setting fire to crops, scaring the livestock, and frightening women and children. The Almighty certainly never intended that people should travel at such breakneck speed. <laughs> it's a true quote. Martin Van Buren, the governor of New York at the time, is who wrote that. We have an adversity to change. It's just built into our nature. We don't necessarily like it, but I'm here to tell you today that not all change is bad. Not everything is bad. In fact, some change is very good, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to read out of John chapter 3, and um, as we get into this, or as you find your way there, uh, I was going to tell you, sorry, I had a, I had a squirrel moment, um, Mike is introduced us all to that, but uh, as, you're, as you're pulling your phone out, you know, avoid the button that says read for me. Um, <laughs> it'll get worse, I promise. So uh, in John chapter 3, if you'd like to follow along today's message, you can go to our, the church's app. Uh, we have an app for our church, and the notes are there. You can go to the Bible app, the Version Bible app, and uh, find the live event for today. So John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, I know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with them. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Well, how can a man be born again when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into the mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. 
You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. There's a lot to digest there and unpack. And I don't, I don't really have time today to get into all of the things that we're going to talk about. The born-again passage that we're all so familiar with is right here. And, and really, you know, I'm tempted to stay there, but something that really catches me is um, when he gets to talking about wind. Verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. And, I, and so I kind of want to focus on that today. In the scripture we just read, Jesus talks about the work of the Holy Spirit being um, born again. That's, that's what he uses. Um, the word spirit comes from the Greek word pneuma. And some of you maybe have heard that word before. Pneuma was used to translate in translation as more than just spirit. It also uh, was translated as air or wind. Um, breath is another word they would when they would uh, for us it might be translated we'd see the word breath but in greek the word would be pneuma essentially and this is cool holy spirit can literally be called the wind or the breath of god and so it's interesting that knowing how they saw pneuma that jesus would compare the work of the spirit to the moving of the wind to wind moving and throughout the bible wind is one of the symbols that is used to describe holy spirit and, and i'll get into those now genesis 1 2 now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the waters just want to say something about that we talked about this a couple of weeks ago but uh, Therese and i talked about it again this week that the earth it was chaos the holy spirit brought peace and order and calm to the chaos pretty cool right it, it, there was chaos and then the spirit of god was hovering over the waters he brought order psalm 33 6 you guys know i love this one by the word of the lord were the heavens made their starry host by the breath of his mouth god breathed stars holy spirit is who made the isn't isn't that cool God breathes the stars. Holy Spirit is the breath of God. Makes the stars. Okay. You guys aren't as impressed as I was. I mean, come on. A star? Get out of here. 2 Samuel 5.24. As soon as you hear the sound of the marching... <laughs> this is awesome. As soon as you hear the sound of marching on the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. When you hear the tops of the balsam trees, you guys have heard that? Have you ever been in the forest or around a bunch of trees anyway? And you hear the wind blowing through the trees, and, and it's like the tops of the trees become alive? That, that's, that was for this Holy Spirit moving through the tops of the trees. God was going out before them. God, pretty cool. Okay, we'll get there, you guys. We'll get there. Acts 2.2, 2, suddenly, you all know this one, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So you can see, and I don't need to go on and on, wind is used many times to uh, illustrate Holy Spirit and, and what he's doing and the work that he's involved in. You know, this new birth, 
that we're talking about, though, is, is just the beginning to be born again. The new birth that Jesus is talking about is not the end, but the beginning. And we were talking about that this morning in, in our Sunday school class. A, a lot of times we feel like when we, when we get, so for us at our church, saved and sanctified. You guys have probably heard that. Um, saved and sanctified. We get saved, Holy Spirit saved, uh, you know, Jesus, we believe in Jesus. Holy Spirit saves us. Actually, in a, from a theological perspective, we would say that's initial sanctification. We, we have the Holy Spirit. He's come into our lives, and He begins a work in us. But then we come to the place where we surrender ourselves to Him. And the, so it's another point of crisis. We say, I, I surrender to you. I only want what you want. And He begins that work in us. It's a whole different work, being sanctified. And then it's, it's, a, it's a process. Now, I think it's important that we know that it's the beginning, not the end. Because for many of us, we were talking about this this morning again, I grew up believing that that was the end, man. You get sanctified, some people get petrified, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is it. I'm, I'm saved and sanctified, and my work is done, and I am holy from here on out. But that's not the way it works. That wasn't the design. It's the beginning. It's the start of a work. It's, it's God working in cooperation with us. We're talking about the one who breathes stars. Holy Spirit comes to live with us. The, the very one who made, and if you go and look at stars, your mind will be blown by a star called Betelgeuse, who I forget the number of um, how much larger it is than the earth, but it's, it's amazing. So God, Holy Spirit, who, who breathes stars, is the same one who begins a work in me. I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I saw a cartoon, Aladdin, I think it was, and, and he talks about all of this power down into the little bitty bitty little lamp. Remember that? That's how God is, the Holy Spirit. He's all this power, this might, this grandeur, this, this magnificent being, our God, brings all that power right in here. It's awesome. I get excited about it. Um, how many people do we know who had an experience with God but then nothing more? They experienced God and then that was it. It, it wasn't the beginning for them. It was, it was the end. They felt, oh, this is good. And Jesus, every, he talked so much and you begin to see, we talked about a long time ago and we'll talk about this again actually. Um, if not this year, then it'll be next year. But kingdom of God, I love the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus came and he always said, let me tell you the good news. Good news means gospel, right? Let me tell you the good news. If somebody said to me um, when I was a kid growing up, hey, Cal, what's the gospel? Oh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's good news. Don't misunderstand me. But Jesus never mentioned that as good news. Every time he said good news, he followed it by either, let me tell you the good news of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. That was Jesus' good news. And so what he, Jesus is saying is, Holy Spirit's going to come and live in you and show you what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. And then it begins a journey for us so that all the people around us understand and know what the kingdom of God is and who He is and how He can change us. See, the wind of God's Spirit never stops blowing. Never stops. It's the Holy Spirit that will continually fill us. And listen, we have to have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. We have to, we have, to have it indwelling inside of us as part of us. 
We have to have. Because I can use an example and say, you know, I had a bad thought. Paul says it this way, to take captive those thoughts. Every time that I have a stumbling block in my life, some kind of a thought, some kind of an emotion, some kind of a reaction, I say, and this is the, this is the act of being, the process of being sanctified. God, I don't want that. Take that from me. Help me to take that thought captive. Remove that from me. I don't want, I don't want to think that way. I only want what you want. I want to move with you. Holy Spirit, blow. We sing that song. Blow in me. You know, wind is powerful. Have you ever thought about that? How powerful the wind really is? Wind is one of the earth's most powerful forces. And that the Holy Spirit is, compared to wind, is no accident. And i got to tell you, growing up in West Texas, any of you who have been to West Texas, in fact, in March, I would just say, if you, if you have the opportunity to drive through West Texas, do it. The wind is no joke, man. If you look at wind and nature, you get a glimpse of what God wants to do in our lives through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is how God moves in us, moves things in us. It's how He moves through us. It's through Holy Spirit. You know, here's the next point. That was one. There's, a, there's four so how much time do we have here? All right, oh, we're good. The game is at 5, 5.30, right? So we're good. The transforming power of wind. You know, talking about being from West Texas, I, I understand how wind can change the landscape. I mean, it really can. When you open your door, you look out the window on a nice, cool spring morning, you can see Lubbock coming. <laughs> if, you've, if you've ever been there. Dirt is blowing, no joke. And I, I should have got to show you guys a picture. The, the, the wind is blowing. You can see literally like a wall of dirt, and it's coming towards you, right? I mean, and every time it would, everybody would be out like, ooh, taking pictures. Look at that. That's neat. And then like 10 minutes later, it's not so neat anymore. Everybody's inside, you know, nice, calm, birds chirping, and here comes the storm. Uh, you can see the wind blowing, man. It, it changes everything. Dirt, sand, rock, trash, <laughs> Tumbleweeds. I, I have a friend who uh, visited me one spring, I mean one fall, and he just, he just wanted a tumbleweed. In fact, he took a tumbleweed home in his, uh, in his suitcase. <laughs> just wanted a tumbleweed. You're a strange guy. Where did, where did, he brought a suitcase just for the tumbleweed. Where does God want us spiritually? That's the thing. No matter how hard we try, our, our best efforts leave us a long way from where God wants us spiritually, right? Remember Isaiah 64 says, Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Meaning, and we're trying to teach our kids this. Like, if, a, if the rag, the dish rag is dirty, then don't wipe the table with that. Like, get a clean rag, you know? And, and we tend to do that in our own lives. Like, our righteousness is like a filthy rag. And we are trying to clean ourselves all up, but the rag's dirty. And we can't do it because it's a dirty rag. Our righteousness, but that's, praise be to God, that's where the Holy Spirit comes, lives in us, moves in us, changes us, and He's the clean rag. He's the one who, who cleans and, and fills us. Our righteousness is filthy rags, but not God's. God, through His Spirit, is constantly working on us, changing us into what He wants us to be. 
Galatians 4.19 says, uh, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Christ must be formed in us. That's, that's what we're at work doing. That's what this process of being sanctified is. is see, it's, it's so much different from petrified because the Holy, I mean, just, I don't want to get in trouble, but sanctified, he, He's constantly changing us into what He wants us to be. He's moving in us until the image of Christ, we were created in His image, right? We are at work now restoring that image. Because before we get saved, it's distorted and it's messed up. And, it, you know, it, it's like a, a computer that's crashed. It's, it's all bad. But then Holy Spirit comes and He begins to move in us and work in us and sanctify us and, and begin to restore that image piece by piece by piece. That image is restored until we are whole the way that God made us. Now, ultimate wholeness is when we see Jesus the thing is with sin is he never takes your desire I mean, let me rephrase that he never takes your free will away so you always have the ability to either choose or not choose him the difference is is when you turn your life over to God when you surrender everything you give up your desire to sin like I don't want this desire God I want you to take it I'm so tired of messing up Holy Spirit's like, hey, I, let me do this, man. Let me, let me move and change in you until Christ is formed in you. Ephesians 4.13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's Paul saying, listen, until we, until we get there, he's at work restoring that image, the fullness of Christ in us. We need the wind of, of God to, to blow in our lives to rearrange things, to pick up the trash and the dirt and the tumbleweeds and to carry them off, remove them from us. We have to learn to let him, to, to let him blow in our lives, rearrange things a bit. This is the problem. We have an adversity to change. Those trains going at the breakneck speed of 15 miles per hour, you know? We want to stay there. But back then, they didn't want that at all. And then after that, they were like, hey, this is good, right? Oh, we can't go faster than that. This is it. If you study that at all, they really thought that a human being would be killed if they went too fast. Now we've got human beings going multiples the speed of sound. Way back when the speed limit was uh, 55. Seems like a long time ago now, right? And all at the same time, not very long ago at all. I remember I was... <coughs> I, I don't remember, I, I, we were talking with some friends and, and one of our, my friends said, I was talking about his air conditioner. Oh, cool, you got air conditioner. He says, yeah, it's a 455, man. It's the best air conditioner you can get. And I said, wow, that's got to be a pretty good air conditioner, 455. That's all, what is that? And he says, four windows rolled down, 55 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, we need that 455 wind blowing in our lives, man. We've got to have the Holy Spirit moving in us. We've got to be careful not to stiffen up, not to buck the move of the Holy Spirit, not to say, you know what, I've had all that I want. It's, it's easy for us to get where we don't want God to rearrange things anymore. We get to a comfortable place. I feel good here. We like our form. My clay looks fine. Thank you, God. I feel good like this, you know. 
And God's like, wait, there's still some things to do here, man. This, this my, that's my problem with diets. I don't like diets at all. But every once in a while, I'll be like, well, pants are getting a little tight. It's time to, you know, back off of the food a little bit. The pants start to get loose, and I'm like, there we go, back on it. <laughs> Rather than stay with it. You know, I, I, I struggle with that. That's what we do in our life. We're like, hey, God, start some work in me, man. This is good. Oh, this is great. All oh, these pants are fitting good now. I feel, oh, that's good. Okay, that's it. Stop there. And God's like, no, man, there's some more work. There's some, how much more can we do if you just let me? Let me reshape you. Let me rearrange you. Let me find that rhythm with you. Another thing about wind is it generates power. I mean, we have harnessed power, the power of windmills for eons, you know, forever. Um, windmills, they pump water, they grind grain. I mean, they do all kinds of things. Electricity now. Um, I remember as I was a, a kid, my, my grandfather lived out on a, a ranch in uh, between Las Vegas and Santa Fe, New Mexico. And it was awesome. I love visiting out there. But his water, no joke. I mean, even even until, I don't know, five, ten years ago, the, the place burned down. But until then, their water was on a windmill. And it was crazy. I love that windmill. That windmill would just sitting there and it was pumping that water and they had a big tank that was up high that was gravity fed into the ranch house you know it was the best thing ever and that water came out of the ground in the mountains up there so cold and crisp it was awesome but i'll never forget man that wind it just kept turning and that windmill just kept going and it just kept pumping water and it was it was always 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 going and pumping water it, it, and it's crazy how much water that dumb thing would pump and we have all these wind farms around you guys have seen wind farms right some of these wind farms, they say, um, can generate as much power as a nuclear power plant. Um, I heard that one of the windmills out in, you know, Abilene area, uh, one windmill can generate enough electricity for 300 homes, I heard. I mean, it's, it's crazy, just the wind. It's just the wind. In fact, somebody uh, smarter than me was calculating, and the they have it set the the windmills were called, and I don't know if you've ever seen like those things are monstrous like you see them out in the in the distance but if you ever drive up you should drive up to one sometime if you can legally <laughs> and they there's just impressive anyway a guy was calculating number of revolutions length of the thing all that and the tip of the windmill was going over 600 miles an hour unbelievable uh, what that thing was doing just generating electricity there it goes in fact uh, a lot of the metroplex needs to thank those guys over there because they're sending electricity our way sailboats i mean the wind is power that we understand that about wind i don't need to say any more but in the same way the wind uh, powers different things in the world if we allow the holy spirit to become our power you understand like we can take that analogy directly and place it in our lives and if if we allow him he will power us in that kind of most excellent way ways we never thought possible to do things we never thought could be done jesus understood he said even greater things you're going to do sometimes i wonder if we if we missed it like we're, why are we doing the greater things because our, our clay gets shaped a certain way and we're like there we go that's good 
He's like, wait a minute. You don't know the power that can happen if you'll just, come on, just let, let's go a little further. Let me shape you a little more. Let me give you some of that extra power. Think about the power of the, the first uh, disciples as they, and apostles after the day of Pentecost. He gave them the, the great commission, right, to go into the world to make disciples. But before they could go, Luke 24 said they had to be filled with the Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a Baptist thing. It's not a charismatic thing. It is a church thing. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's what He wants for us. It's what He desires for us. All right, here's the last one. Wind is destructive and penetrating. <laughs> Think about tornadoes and hurricanes. The force of of these winds can move things that seem unmovable you guys have all seen it tornadoes and hurricanes cause massive collisions there, you can get on the internet google it sometime some of the things that have been merged together by tornadoes it's just crazy like a, a, a little i saw a straw in a telephone pole a straw embedded in a telephone pole how does that happen the little broom straws man those things are Nuts in four by fours and a two by fours. It's crazy. Um, it's just unbelievable what they can do. They're devastating. We know that. You know, there's times that we need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives like a, a warm, gentle summer breeze. And there's times that we need the mighty wind of God to blow a destructive force and demolish every stronghold, every wall, every obstacle that Satan has around us. Sometimes we just need to say. I mean, put our big boy pants on or big girl pants and say, God, I just need you to blow, man. Just move me. Just change me. Be forceful with me. Move these, these walls and barricades that I've set up around you. God, I'm feeling attacked by the enemy. I just need you a destructive force. Would you just come and blow them up? Sometimes we've got to have it. Sometimes he has to move in a destructive way. It's funny, I, I don't want to make a caricature of the Holy Spirit. But I think it's interesting that the Greek word pneuma translates other than spirit also to breath, to wind. The Holy Spirit is spoken about as wind. Because he wants to move in us. He wants to, to blow us in the right direction. He wants to change our hearts. He wants to give us that power that we need. That's what he wants for us. It's life changing. And I think that as, as we've talked about this, this migration from milk, spiritual milk to meat, that God just wants to, I mean, I think desperately he wants to see us move from one to the other from all of the easy digestible um, lazy Christianity to something more substantive a deeper walk a life changing walk that's what he wants for us that's why he said to me Cal we want to go Holy Spirit until I tell you stop 
I hope that I can come up with enough things that he gives me enough things as I'm studying and man I'm just I'm no pun intended but I'm blown away by who he is the depth and so I'm like oh I see God like we could talk about Holy Spirit a lot there's a lot I will say this though and I want to continue to remind that as we become uncomfortable because Holy Spirit is changing us we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be attacked it's just part of it we've got to protect ourselves we've got to guard against attacks of the enemy I've seen it happen where a couple started to get close to the Holy Spirit like he was really moving in their lives and all of a sudden their marriage started falling apart you know it was crazy and I was like guys he's attacking you pay attention to this and, and they began to pray against that and then praise God everything went back but I'm saying it, it can happen the great thing though is that we've got the breather of stars <laughs> on our side right the God of heaven's armies is with us the one who was creating calmness out of chaos who said, look at all this chaos. Let me bring some order to it. He'll do that for you too. But the battle will happen as you, unless you, you just have to give over to him. That's what he wants for us. So if you guys would stand with me, we're going to pray. And I'm just thinking, Holy Spirit, we want to surrender. Right? Isn't that good? We sang that song this morning. We want to surrender. God, this morning as we prepare to close, I don't know how, Spirit, you are moving among us or in, in different ones now. I don't know what type of wind is blowing in our lives, but I do know a change is happening. I really kind of feel like I can see that coming out of the distance. Holy Spirit, let your wind blow through us. Change us into what you want. Mold us, shape us, help us. And help us to surrender. We want more than anything to surrender. And God, if a struggle begins to come, if we begin to feel a, a spiritual attack because we're drawing close to you, uh, just remind us to bind the enemy in Jesus' name. He has no authority in our lives. I mean, we are serving the God of heaven's armies, the, the God who breathes stars, the, the Almighty, the maker, the bringer of order over chaos. That's who we serve. So we bind the enemy in Jesus' name. He has no authority in our lives. Put a hedge of protection around us because we want to take that next step. Show us what it looks like to move from milk to meat, from shallow to deep, from lazy to strong. We surrender. Thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen.